Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me wanna shout. McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block. Here's X-Men. Radio 97.7, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome. Heard on 96.5 FM. What's happening, Mohawk Valley? Great to have you along for the ride. If you're listening on the ESPN app, boy, hopefully from somewhere drier than here. For the love of God, stop raining. Please. So hopefully from sunnier locales on the ESPN app, but that's the beauty of the ESPN app is if you have it on your phone and you find us, either ESPN Syracuse or ESPN Utica Rome, you can take us with you wherever you go. You can listen on the podcast, subscribe in iTunes, ESPN Syracuse, so you can listen to this show on demand on your time. We love it that you're here four to six, but we get it. Sometimes you wake up at two in the morning and you just got to listen to On the Block. It happens to all of us. That's what the podcast is for. Lots of great ways to take in the show. Lots of great ways for you to participate in it as well. 437-7644, that's the phone number. Brent Axe Media, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 2880644. All terrific ways to participate in the program. We've got a couple great giveaways today, including tickets to the Game of Thrones live concert experience that's coming to the St. Joseph's Health Amphitheater We're going to give you a chance to qualify to go to Bristol with us. That's right, baby. We're going to ESPN, and you might be able to come with us. How cool is that? I am pumped about that. (laughs) I've never been. I'm going to be geeking out the whole time. I'm going to be the guy taking pictures of everything on the phone. If I run into certain people in the hallway, it's going to be like, you know, the Chris Farley show. (laughs) Remember, Remember you did SportsCenter? That was awesome. So we're looking forward to that, and we want you to come with us. So listen for your chance to qualify for that trip. Lots of goodies happening today. We have two guests that will join us. The Professor, Brian Moritz from Oswego, sportsmediaguy.com, right here in this hour. I like to bring on Brian occasionally and discuss matters of the sports media. We'll get into NBA and NHL playoff ratings coming up, the explosion of subscription sites and sports, and the gambling. Lots of gambling in sports. We're getting closer to it becoming just normal. All the major ESPN included are going in on this stuff. Big announcement from ESPN today that they're building a hub, a studio in a casino in Vegas that'll essentially be the center point of all of its sports gambling content in a place you can go gamble as well. So that continues to explode. We'll discuss that with Brian. 
about an hour from now. Mike McAllister, CuseNation.com. The latest name to know, and you recruiting geeks are already on it, but for those that are not, Andre Jackson is the name you got to get to know as a Syracuse basketball fan, a prime target for the class of 2020. We'll get the latest on him and everything you need to know recruiting-wise coming up at 5.05 with Mike McAllister. The NBA draft lottery is tonight. Patrick Ewing's got jokes about that and will represent the New York Knickerbockers tonight. All hopes on the ping-pong balls. We'll do the blind side as usual. The NCAA is actually set. It's going to at least ponder, examine, look at the idea of letting athletes profit off their likeness. So I guess we'll phrase that progress question mark. We'll get into that as the show goes along. But where we want to start in our Burdick BMW opening drive today is a little intel from Chicago. And could the narrative be shifting on one former, maybe, Syracuse basketball player in their quest for the NBA? Checked in with the scout who knows, who is in Chicago for all the festivities for the NBA's G League Elite Camp. A strong performance at said NBA G League Elite Camp could lead to the NBA Combine with all the big boys, all the big prospects that need to be there. So it's very drafty this week because the lottery is tonight and we find out who gets the top pick. The Zion-Williamson sweepstakes are in. Not that R.J. Barrett's not a top prize. Ja Morant is a top prize. So if you do end up with the two or the three pick in the NBA draft, you're going to get a terrific player. But you might get a generational talent in Zion-Williamson at the top spot. There's been a lot of great number two picks in the NBA draft in recent years. Kevin Durant probably tops that list. So getting Morant or Barrett or whoever slides into the two and three spot behind Zion, not a bad consolation prize, but the big Zion sweepstakes is up there. But it is those types of names that will be in Chicago later this week. The true blue first and second round draft picks where Tyus Battle and O'Shea Brissett certainly do not find themselves. Tyus Battle and O'Shea Brissett are questionable to be picked at all. Now Tyus is all in. O'Shea may or may not be which makes this process interesting because you go through it and can you garner some buzz? Can you get people to look at you and can your name stand out? And when you see the insiders and you see the people that do this year round and NBA draft experts that I respect, that I know put in the work, that talk to the right people, that don't just put up mock drafts to get clicks, are saying that O'Shea Brissett's getting some buzz in the NBA G League Elite Camp, well, we check in with the scout who knows. The scout who knows who was in Chicago, who was there. And what I liked about it this time was he got in touch with me. It wasn't a matter of me checking in, how were things looking. He was prompted, he probably was anticipating that I was going to check in with him. But the scout who knows texted me this today from Chicago. Brissett. Well, he started with X. Brissett is getting some buzz out here in Chicago. He looks to be in fantastic shape. So then we kind of went back and forth, and I asked him some questions about some things, and he comes back and says, I'm watching him play right now. I'd be surprised if he didn't get an invite to Thursday and Friday. I'd be real surprised. 
which is something we mentioned a moment ago. If you have a good enough showing at the G League Elite Camp, you get into the big boy camp, the NBA Combine, the real deal, where a percentage, it's not 100%, but look, if you want to get picked, if you want to be somebody that hears their name called, that is one of 60 selections in the NBA draft, you want to go to Chicago in the Combine. This G League Elite Camp is kind of the backdoor way in. It's another option. It's putting you in front of all the right people. But you want to go to the Combine you want to be taken seriously that way. So if O'Shea can earn that bid because he was impressive in the G League camp, and if O'Shea Brissett's mere intention is to get drafted, he could be on a path to that. Are there still questions about his game? Are there still questions about him as a prospect and when you take him? All that is true. I've seen other people that are in Chicago that pressed when asked about O'Shea, whether he should stay in the draft or come back have said he should go back. He's that fringe prospect, but it all comes down to what he wants. If he merely wants to get drafted, he could be starting that process. He's had a workout with the Philadelphia 76ers, as Adam Zagoria reported from Chicago today, stringing for us at Syracuse.com. Said one NBA scout in attendance, quote, I thought he played within himself and he did what he does well, shot the ball well, Played much better Monday, shot it much better Monday. As long as he understands who he is, I think he's got a shot, especially with his size. But per a question a lot of people bring up about Syracuse players, and the quote is, I just want to see him defend multiple positions. Brissett has also worked out for Brooklyn, Houston, Oklahoma City, and Philly. He does have an agent. Remember, you can have an agent now through the process. But if you want to return to school, and that date is May 29th, you've got to sever all ties with that agent. But you can consult with an agent through this process, and he's been consulting with Canadian agent Mike George, who says he anticipates to get more workouts after Chicago. And if the buzz is building, as the scout who knows told me, people are impressed with him enough that they want to see him individually. Will this add up? And I'm asking this openly because I don't have a definitive answer to this right now, nor does anybody. But is he building him up himself up to the thought that I can get picked and he won't return to Syracuse? I don't know the answer to that. That's a rhetorical question. But I think at the start of this process, everybody just kind of cocked an eyebrow and said, well, look, if you want to go through it and get the feedback from professional basketball people about what you need to do to work on your game, then you should be able to do that. That's what that process is for. Because we know it would only be another year should he come back. And he's a different prospect than Tyus Battle, different situation than Tyus Battle. You've got to take all these differently. But there's some valid criticisms there. There's some valid skepticism about how and when he could make it at the next level and whether he would be picked. And the scout who knows has been very honest with me up to this point. And what it has been is no buzz, no buzz, no buzz. Goes to Chicago. Okay, now we got some buzz. He's one of those players that is standing out in a good way. Now, today, you heard that one scout from Adam Zagoria's story that I mentioned a moment ago say that Monday was a better day than Tuesday, and it's the skill set. What is it about your skill set that makes me say, I need to take you, I need to invest in you, even if that is at the G League level? As Zagoria writes, quote, as for what he's trying to show NBA teams, Brissett said, quote, that I am a complete player— that I can attack off the dribble, 
that I could score at all three levels, and also that I can defend. That's the biggest thing when I talk to teams. They ask me if I can defend. So today I took the challenge of guarding different guards off screens or guys who are bringing the ball up just to show NBA guys that I can guard. So it's a defensive question. They seem to know what he is as a shooter, as an inside player. I saw my friend and colleague Donna DeToto tweet something today based on the workouts that she's been watching. And I thought she made a good point. The better spacing, deeper three-point line helps O'Shea. He is guarding. He's making mid-range jumpers and is finished at the basket. And she reiterates something the scout who knows said. He looks to be in great shape. How much should that matter? How good a shape you're in? If you're an NBA team, I, I think it matters more finishing around the rim, develop shot. But remember, it's all about upside potential and what these guys see in the future. Can I work with you? And I don't think there's ever been a doubt there about O'Shea. People doubted him based on performance this year. And those were valid concerns. But him out of the Syracuse equation, take him out of the Syracuse system, and just as a basketball prospect, I think most reasonable minds agree he has pro potential. If it's worked the right way, coached the right way, and developed the right way, he does have that look as a guy who can play professional basketball. On what level? Well, we're trying to figure that out. So I thought that was interesting. Tyus Battle, I'm not surprised to hear, is not garnering a lot of buzz because people know who he is. They've seen him. He was at the Combine last year. He's kind of a finished product. He's that report that you've done, you've handed in, and don't need to go back to, whereas O'Shea is something shiny and new that they're looking at. But the thing that stood out to me from the scout who knows, and we'll see if he's right about this, he said at this point he'd be surprised if he didn't get an invite to stay in Chicago later in the week. And now game on. Now you can really work your way into the conversation to be drafted. And if that's all you want, well, you know what they say about that. Be careful what you wish for, because you just might get it. We're going to get into the lottery during hot takes and how New York Knicks fans are doing everything they can think of. Have we frozen the envelope? Have we got out the voodoo doll? Have we prayed to the appropriate gods? Have we rigged the ping pong ball machine? (laughs) Everything they can do. Because if they get Zion, because the number one pick is going to be Zion Williamson, I think we all know that. If the Knicks get the number one pick, it could set something in motion that lands them Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, or at least the opportunity to land some big-name free agents that don't want to go to New York now. What are the chances of it? The lottery's a little bit different, so we'll get into that. And I mean, It's always a fun watch. It's always an awkward watch, right? It's always one of those things that is entertaining, the unintentional comedy of these things and who chooses to go to these things and represent these teams. Well, the Knicks are bringing out the big guns. Patrick Ewing will represent them at the lottery tonight. They are not messing around karma-wise, and I think that is a... Great idea on their part. So we'll get into that coming up. Our friend Brian Moritz on the sports media issues we need to know coming up. You're coming up at 437-7644. Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line 288-0644. We'll get a recruiting update from Mike McAllister later and so much more as we press forward this afternoon. But before we do all that, let us get the latest on the stock market. Our friend Lee Baldwin joins us here. 
to do that. Lee, how you doing, bud? Good. How you doing, Brent? I'm just living the dream, my friend. Just waiting <laughs> for this rain to pass through. I was at Home Depot today. I believe I saw Noah buying some lumber. <laughs> Two by two. <laughs> two by two, baby. <laughs> two by two, but uh, the weekend looks good, so hang in there. I'm hanging in there. I'm not, like that that cat poster. Remember that cat poster <laughs> Just hold that was on. in your fourth your fourth grade classroom? <laughs> hang in there, baby. That's me right now. Well, sometimes in the stock market we have to hang in yes, there. And, uh, yes, you do. we got to bounce back today. Dow up over 200, so uh, we're going up and down here. A little bit of volatility, so... Uh, so after that bounce back, I do have a diamond for you. I'm going to go with Disney. That's been a diamond a few times this spring. Uh, they bought all of Hulu that they didn't own or they control it. So stock was up a couple bucks. And our dog today, I'm going to go with uh, generic drug maker Teva. It's just not a good idea to be on 60 Minutes. You know what I mean, Brent? No, it's not. Usually it's not. It's, it's usually not good. So And, and they're down about 2 bucks a share since uh, they were featured for fixing prices a little bit, maybe a little bit. So that's what I got. All right. Thank you, Lee. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll talk tomorrow. That's Lee Baldwin. You can find him at the, his website, LeeBaldwin.com, or just stop in. Kaz, Utica, Manlius, sit down, have a cup of coffee, have a great conversation, and figure out how you can get more diamonds than dogs on your portfolio because they find them for you. Let's break on that note. The professor, Brian Moritz, joins us next. On the Block, ESPN Radio. Stay right there. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Hey there, welcome back. We're out on the street. We're winning, baby. Lots of winners on this show today. Put on your best Congratulations to our winner on the Game of Thrones tickets. We've got uh, another great giveaway coming up here before we exit stage left for the evening at 6 o'clock. We're not doing this at the moment, but be listening for your chance at some point between now and 6 o'clock, and we're going to be doing this over the next couple weeks, so lots of chances for you to qualify to go with us. We're going, baby. ESPN, Bristol, Connecticut, and it's all brought to you by our friends at Pathfinder Bank. Be listening for your chance to qualify to win that big trip. To go to the mothership. We're going. We're coming, Bristol. Going to be a good time. All right. Is the NCAA getting serious about doing something that they should have done a long time ago? The NCAA being behind the times, it's not exactly breaking news. And I understand that the concept, the discussion, the hot take of paying college athletes, people are at the point, it's like certain political discussions certain things where you immediately fall into one camp or the other, and you're just tired of hearing about it, it becomes Charlie Brown's teacher in a way. Wah, 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 wah. It shouldn't be. Because finally, all of these opinions, hot takes, discussions, people that for a long time felt it shouldn't have been a thing now agree it should be a thing. I think even Jim, I don't want to misquote him, but Jim Beheim has even recently said that it, maybe it's something we should look into, meaning that NCAA athletes should not be paid by merely being NCAA athletes, but when it comes to the profiting off their likeness, profiting off their image, profiting off the fact that they are an athlete that is marketed and put out there and sold by a university, image, name, image, likeness. That's the key phrase here. That is something I feel they should be allowed to pursue. And maybe the NCAA is coming around on this. This just came out today. And sometimes the NCAA puts out these press releases, and it's really not their job to kind of like put the red sirens on it. Like when you see the red sirens on social media, you're like, whoa, this is a big deal, right? Well, that's not the NCAA's job. That's our job. 
to take these things and interpret them as big deal, not a big deal, where does this fall, right? To me, this is a pretty big deal if they follow through on it. Merely looking at things and forming committees don't always pan out. But here's what came out today. The NCAA president and board of governors appointed a working group to examine issues highlighted in recently proposed federal and state legislation related to student-athlete, here it is again, the key phrase, name, image, and likeness. The NCAA Board of Governors Federal and State Legislation Working Group, that's a long title, will be made up of member representatives from all three NCAA divisions, one, two, three. Now, this is a quote from Val Ackerman. She's the commissioner of the Big East. Quote, this group will bring together diverse opinions from membership, from presidents and commissioners to student-athletes, that will examine the NCAA's position on name, image, and likeness benefits and potentially propose rule modifications tethered to education. We believe the time is right for these discussions and look forward to a thorough assessment of the many complexities involved in this area. Now, there's another key quote here in this release that came from Gene Smith. He is the athletic director at Ohio State. Quote, while the formation of this group is an important step to confirming what we believe is an association, the group's work will not result in paying student-athletes as employees. That structure is contrary to the NCAA's educational mission and will not be a part of this discussion. Which, to me, fine. Because there's no way that you can do that. I shouldn't say no way. That would be difficult. And it does go against what the NCAA is. Look, if the NCAA went away tomorrow, blew up, reformatted the whole thing, I'd be fine with that because it's an archaic system that needs to be reworked. But you got to be flexible on these things. You got to meet in the middle on these things. If the committee says we can't just pay athletes as employees, I understand that. But the fact that they have formed this committee, and it's Val Ackerman, the commissioner of the Big East, Gene Smith from Ohio State, there's a number of school presidents, athletic directors, they're going to have student athletes on this panel. It's a diverse panel of people from all walks of life here that can find a way for an athlete to profit off of name, image, and likeness. Then we've taken a big step forward here. And immediately, whenever I bring up this discussion here on the air or on social media, I get the inevitable, don't they get a scholarship? Yes, they get a scholarship. They're status as a athlete, earn them a scholarship to a university. And if they choose to take advantage of that scholarship to become a student athlete, like say a guy like Tyus Battle did, who was close to his degree early and got the best of both worlds, great. But we all live in the real world here and know that athletes are marketed, they're put out there and should be able to profit off that likeness. That is the difference between a Tyus Battle and a Joe Blow student at Syracuse University who, God bless him, and his student loans that are piling up. It was graduation weekend recently, right? Well, Joe Blow at the Newhouse School is not somebody that makes money for the university. And is not somebody that could go out there and sell his name, image, and likeness. But you know what Joe Blow can do? Joe Blow can have a job. He can earn money. He can go out there as a normal student. Yes, not on scholarship, but has a lot of freedoms that scholarship athletes don't have. That scholarship should not tether you to certain limitations. That's where the NCAA steps in and all the stories about monitoring, you know, the famous stories of you can't put cream cheese on a bagel and all this stuff. And they've fixed some of that. But the, the mere thought 
that you got a scholarship to play, and I'm just using this as an example, basketball at Syracuse University should not put you in a box where that's all you can do. Tyus Battle, just to use that name as an example, recent student athlete who was pretty prominent, but you can put a lot of names in this discussion, Eric Dungy, right? Should be able to, and I'm just spitballing here, do commercials, sign autographs, appear places for money, sell their jersey in the bookstore and get a cutoff of that. You know what that is, by the way? You know what you're teaching? You're teaching them business. You're teaching them marketing. You're teaching them capitalism. However you want to phrase it as an educational experience. The normal student is free to go out there and be an entrepreneur and sell certain things. And how many stories have we heard of people that dropped out of college because they found their calling in life and it wasn't being a a biology major? So I'm glad that the committee is stepping in. I'm glad that the NCAA has recognized this. It's time. Let's look at this and put away the limitations, but being up front and saying, we're not going to pay you as an employee. And to those that say, well, that's not fair because only the big names will profit off of this. My counter to you would be, think of how popular these athletes are in certain towns. It's not just Tyus Battle and O'Shea Brissett and some of the bigger names. I have seen guys that ride the bench that are the the eighth or ninth player on the list that have people surrounding them pregame wanting autographs. Think how popular Syracuse University athletes are in this town or Alabama football players are there. You're telling me that their status as a student athlete that's popular in a certain sport couldn't allow them to sell their name, image, and likeness in some of the ways I brought up and maybe some that I did not. Well, that's not fair. Well, no, it's not fair. I don't think we're pretending it's fair. I don't think if you lined up all, if I could walk into Manny's on Marshall Street and have my choice of jerseys, well, certain players are going to sell more than others. That's the marketplace. But as it stands right now, they can't even do that. The university can use their name, image, and likeness and not profit them and not allow them the opportunity to profit off that. I've seen tweets from the university, the so-and-so, I don't want to, you know, it's not the business's fault, but the so-and-so player of the week. And I would always just look at that and be like, oh, does said player of the week get compensated for that? No, they don't. So what the NCAA is now looking at, what we heard today is, Let's look at this. We're not going to pay you as an employee, nor do I think you should, despite the billions of dollars that's made. Name, image, likeness. The ability to sell yourself. Because what's the alternative? The alternative is what we just heard with the court situation in college basketball and all this money that's thrown on the side and envelopes full of money and wiretaps and They're going to get paid one way or the other. So you can either keep it on the black market and pretend that the NCAA stands for all that's right and nobody's taking money on the side, or you can bring it up front. To me, it's a lot like gambling. For a long time, the networks and professional sports, it was taboo. You stayed away from it. Now, the professional leagues, the networks that are associated with it, they're all in because the alternative is it's in the black market. It's happening anyway. All that money is out there. People are gambling on your sport, so you got a choice. You can let it hang in the shadows, or you can bring it in the light and regulate it and make it part of the mainstream. 
That's what now needs to happen with name, image, likeness. Because if you don't, you're going to hear more stories about agents paying players and all the things that come with that and more trials and more corruption. And if that's the way you want to do it, that's the way you, you can do it. By the way, I have been informed by one Seth Goldberg, as the scout who knows told us earlier, and it's now official, O'Shea Brissett has been invited to the NBA Combine. He was at the G League Elite Camp this week, and a performance at the G League Elite Camp that, if it was impressive enough, could get you invited to the Combine, and we're now hearing that he has, in fact, been invited to the Combine. Need to take a break on that note? Blindside coming up. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. Don't go anywhere.